You are listening to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders within the NHS. I'm Emma Heath and I help connect digital leaders with interim talent in the NHS and I'm your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisation. Okay, so hello, hello everybody and welcome to today's podcast discussing the topic of digital transformation in the NHS. Again, a massive thank you um, for everybody for giving up your time this evening to get involved. First of all, we'll kick things off and we'll just go straight into some intros. Um, I'll, I'll go first. So I know that you all kind of know me already, but I'm Emma and I work on the NHS team at Evolution Recruitment. We are a Crown Commercial Service Framework supplier who deliver interim digital IT and tech talent into the NHS. Our purpose at Evolution is that we are committed to helping people and NHS organisations realise their potential. There are three key parts to that. Firstly, our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals building trust to make doing business easier. Second to that, what we do is collaborate with NHS organisations, helping them build high-performing digital teams. And finally, how we do that is through curating and sharing insights into the ever-evolving NHS and digital industry best practice, such as events like this podcast tonight. Um, so that's me. So I'm going to pick on Neil first. If you would just like to introduce yourself to the group. Yeah, sure. So I'm Neil Stanfield. I'm Associate Director for Digital Ops at Colliday and Huddersfield Foundation of Trust. I'm focusing on how digital interacts with operational teams and making sure that both know what's happening. Thank you very much, Neil. Um, Nev, do you want to go next? Uh, hi, guys. My name is Nev Young. I work at the Yorkshire and Humber Academic Health Science Network, which I know is a bit of a mouthful, but... Uh, we are partly funded by the NHS, partly funded by the Office of Life Sciences to act as a driver of innovation into the NHS. And certainly at the moment, everything's digital. Uh, certainly most things have got a digital element. So we do a lot of work with people in that digital space. We talk to a lot of people in the NHS side about the challenges, their needs, the pressures. Uh, and we look to be a bridge between industry and the NHS to try and help them solve some of those problems. Thank you, Nev. And then Kalichi, last but not least. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Kalichi Benio. Um, I'm the systems uh, test lead at uh, Middlesbrough NHS Trust. So uh, we look after uh, every I say, application that needs to be tested before it's being released to the you know, service users and to the staff to you know to start using. So that's my role. And I also manage uh, a group of uh, you know, test system testers here as well. Perfect. Thank you very much, Kalichi. Okay, so we'll move on to the questions now. Um, so the first question um, that we're going to discuss is for an organisation that finds it difficult to accept or welcome change regularly, how can digital transformation be implemented? So Neil, I'm going to come around to you first on this one. No, no, that's fine. Um, I think that if an organisation is finding it difficult to welcome change in any form, whether it's digital, whether it's operational, whether it's changing clinical or nursing pressures, there's that organisation, I think it's about, from a really digital perspective to try and get a bit, it's about getting to the floor. Um, digital can't be done from behind a keyboard for me. I think it's, you've got to be on the ward or on the floor, helping out, understanding the problems, because actually I think sometimes we can have that really big mismatch between the perception of what digital is attempting to achieve, the perception of what the nursing world would like to be fixed. And sometimes we lose that. And I think that's where we lose the change and that's where people become resistant to it and adverse to it. They don't want it because they don't understand it. I think that's the bit that if we're really struggling as organisations to get that in there, I think it's about bridging those gaps between the specialties and those different types of people. So the digital, the operational, the clinical people for me. Thanks, Neil. Never could see you nodding your head away a little bit there. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think, I think Neil's spot on. I mean, I, I think I mean, I take a bit umbrage with the premise of the question, really, because I think most, particularly in the NHS, most organisations are up for change. I think there's a really good appetite for change, uh, and I think most of them welcome it. I think sometimes they struggle to do it, and I think Neil's outlined some of the ways in which collectively we we have to uh, enable that change to happen, which is making sure that we really connect the digital innovation that we're championing to the needs of the people all the way through the organization. That, that that includes the chief exec's office all the way down to the shop floor. And I think if you can do that, then I think what you what you have in the NHS is a it's a fantastic environment full of fantastic people who are actually really up for it, especially if it's, they know it's going to improve the care that they can deliver to their patients, even if it's back office function. If we make that better and slicker, that improves care on the front line because it drives efficiencies in organisations. So, so I, I think you know we've got great organisations full of great people. We just need to make sure that we are connecting with them about what we're trying to do with digital transformation. And I think if we do that, then I think I have no doubt that that you know we can see lots of really great digital transformation. And I think in organisations that do it well, that's what you see. And you know that, that's probably why you've got Neil and Kalechi on the call today as well. Thanks, Nev. And then. Kalichi, what are your thoughts on, on this one? Uh, obviously, uh, like the name digital transformation, like it's, it goes beyond just, uh, you know, technology. And like uh, Nev said earlier, and even Neil, uh, everything both of them said has to, you know, someone to like people. You know, if if you invest in people, uh, I believe it will bring about uh, a massive uh, digital transformation. Like in every organization, most people, some people are, are afraid of you know, change some, you know, they always kind of welcome change with open hands, you know. So I believe if we invest in the mindset of the people uh, that are going to be using these technologies, uh, that are going to be involved in these technologies, it will it will go a long way. So for me, what Neil and Neil said, it has to do with people. You know, we need to invest in people and, you know, change the rotation and, you know, do some, you know, improve training in people as well. So everything for me boils down to people. Yeah, okay. Has anybody else got any kind of extra extra thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's much extra to add, but I think that point Kalechi raises about, you know, how do you train? There's a cultural thing there, isn't there, in organisations where getting the culture right. And it's probably something we'll talk about a little bit later as well. But I think, you know, people are sometimes fearful of change. You know, we, we're all fearful of change, let's be honest, at times. Yeah. You know, <laughs> You know, if this if the, the soy latte is not on, I, I get quite fearful. Uh, <laughs> I think, but but if you can build the relationships uh, across systems about why you're doing the change, I think that 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 really can drive some good behaviours in the system as well. And I think, you know, it's difficult to reach everybody at the same time to have those conversations. Uh, but it is really important that we try to do so. Yeah, and I do think. Uh, that, sorry, Clint, I do think that bit. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Neil. Like the board to ward approach, it's that well-led bit as well, isn't it? It really does. If it's coming from the top and it's coming right, um, organisations, it's not easy, but it makes it easier. Um, mm. I think I definitely am. That's definitely somewhere that it's definitely shown that it does help and it does get mm. you. It'll never fight the whole battle, but it makes it a lot easier. Talichi, yeah, yeah. did you have some extra thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's just something that came to my mind. And also, like, obviously, we talked about people and the culture as well. And I believe, uh, which also has to do with people, like... Uh, talent you know shortfall if if uh, we don't have the right people with the right talent to drive this uh, you know digital transformation in any organization be it in the nhs or anywhere then i don't think it's going to be sustained so if if we have you know good talent and also uh, uh, not just the talent you know the resources are there to support you know this talent 
I believe uh, you know it, it will be a very it will create a good uh, environment where digital uh, transformation can you know thrive or can be implemented. Yeah. Thanks, Kalichi. And we'll move on to the second question because I think it talks kind of about kind of the roles and and positions and recruitment. So I think this might address some of those. Um, things you were, you were talking about then. So next question is, are there roles that an organisation should have before digital transformation can thrive? How can it be maintained? Um, so Nev, we'll come around to you first on, on this one. Well, I don't work in an NHS organisation, so it's quite a tricky one to, <laughs> to answer. I mean, I, I think there's something about the future of healthcare is increasingly going to be digital. So it's kind of everybody's job to be yeah. digitally aware within a healthcare system. Uh, now that doesn't mean everybody has to be able to write code or know how to, you know, access the mainframe or the server. I don't even know if they have mainframes anymore. There's certainly not there's not much, there's not many servers on the ground anymore. They're all on the cloud. But I think it's it's everybody's job within a healthcare organisation to be interested in innovation very broadly, because that's how we improve. Uh, and I think digital is such a big part of that now. And there's very little that I don't think there's any roles in in in, in many healthcare organisations that don't have a digital element somewhere within them. So I think. It's about organisations digitally educating, empowering their staff. I think Kalichi alluded to it a little bit there as well. You do need some talent in, in some key roles and key positions, but I think it's uh, and, that, and that, that can be challenging. It's you know recruitment is difficult in the NHS, particularly in some of these roles where the private sector can you know dangle other inducements. But I think uh, I think you know I'm not so sure we need specific roles uh, about digital transformation. We need to be able to do transformation and change and improvement. Digital is a, a key underpinning part of that, and it's that what I think should be in everybody's job description is is an understanding and an appetite for what's going on digitally, and 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 a positive attitude about change and transformation. And people need to hear that, as as we've said before, right from the top of the organisation all the way through it. Uh, and I think if you look at the pandemic as an example, you know we did more digital transformation during the pandemic in two years than we done in the ten years previously because people were empowered to do it, organisations empowered them to do it. And they were able to get on with it and they found the right ways to do it as well. Not all of it worked, but a good chunk of it did. Uh, and that's because people were allowed to get on with it to a certain extent. And uh, I think we need to capture that and uh, recognise the talent that is in our staff across the entire organisation and let them help drive some of this digital transformation as well. Thanks, Nev. Kalicia, we'll come round to you, to you on this one. Uh, just like Nev you know, mentioned, uh, digital transformation does not just uh, need key roles. You know, I, I I don't think it should solely depend on some you know key people in the organization for you to try. But uh, for me, it, it it has to have some sort of uh, you know talent in four key areas. So like technology, data, uh, process, and you know for me, process has always been. Uh, I come from a testing background here. I believe in process. You know, if if we have a good process in the organization in the NHS like the way we do things, or even if we are implementing any technology, there is a process to use that technology and that process is being maintained, you know, it, it's being used all over, like for any trust that uh, uh, have similar, you know, process with the other trust, if they implement that process and everyone adheres to it, you know, for me, it's it will sustain, you know, digital transformation. That, that it's, it's more of process for me, but obviously there, there should be key rules in technology, you know, data process and also uh, organizational uh, change, like in terms of recruitment as well, recruitment will play a very key role in, you know, hiring these uh, individuals. Thanks, Kalichi. Um, Neil, what are your thoughts? I'll be slightly controversial there um, with what Neville said. I think that is there a role that we should have before we can try 
transform, transformation wise? I think there is. I think there's a bit around for NHS organisations to probably be able to really thrive from a digital perspective. I think your roles like your CDIOs, your CIOs, I think they've got to got it's got to be a board position in those organisations because I think the voice is in the room. Um, for a long time, and I'll say this before, I did work in IT for a 10 years. So I was one of those people hidden in the sub basement, playing with computers and doing silly things. Um, but I think ultimately the organisations that we see thriving these days are people who have CDIOs and CIOs on board level positions. So it isn't the stereotypical director of finance or the director of estates reiterating what technology should do. And it's like Nev said, it's every person's job is now digital. And I think actually what the people that do digital now do, we're now having to step our game up a little bit now when we're being seen to we need to produce the answers. But because people are now thinking about it more from all levels, they're bringing it to us more. Um, the maintaining bit, I think it's around making digital, uh, and was probably Mr. Walsh would say, making it sexy. Um, you've got to make it <laughs> look and sound good to work in IT, in the NHS, or to work in, from my perspective, digital ops. That's fine. If somebody wants to work in an operational world who's got an IT background, um, you, you really start to refine people down. And it's to get people into those bits because they are fun and interesting and rewarding jobs. Um, mm. You've just got to be slightly, uh, uh, you've got to be really ready to do it. Um, but it's good, but I think that's my probably answer to that bit. Thank you, Neil. I'm sure I'm sure Graham will be very happy that you've given him a little shout out on the on the podcast. I think I think Neil's point is really, really important there as well, because I think I think in a sense the roles already exist. I don't think we need to create new ones. It's where they're plugged into the organization. And I think, you know, I quite like your board to ward thing as well, because that's what you're saying, really. It's it's everybody's business from top to bottom, and you need the right people in the right roles in the right places, I suppose, as well. To, to really drive the agenda you know so i think that's a really good point as well because that 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 ops role that you talked about neil as well i mean that's uh you know yeah that's close to the front line isn't it you're making a difference if you're doing that properly and that that's yeah. you don't get that in a lot of a lot of other places when you're working in it do you no you don't it's very rewarding to do that sort of job but it's mm -hmm. very for people who want to live behind keyboards and screens don't often want to step out into that light do they um having worked with a few of them first so it is a but it's a very rewarding role to do but it's also a role that a lot of nhs organizations now need because it's everyone's digital now or the perception is everyone should be digital yeah. They need those people there to support, I think. Um, mm. I need them to have those digital skills, but also understand how a, a hospital actually really works and the pain points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we're getting away from the IT crowd here, aren't we? Into something a little bit more tangible. Yeah, we're more <laughs> gents in this world now, aren't we? Rather than the, uh, the other people. Yeah. Wish I could say that with confidence. Yeah, no, I think that's it's a good point, though. It really is. Perfect. All right. Well, I think if everyone's happy, we'll move on to the, the third question now. Um, so this one was, how and why does digital transformation fail in many organisations? So, Kalichi, we'll come around to you first on this one. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, won't, I won't really say, uh, you know, why it, it fails because in some organisations, uh, you know, digital transformation, it, you know, it tries very well. Uh, there is productivity. But in some organisations, it could be uh, as a result of, you know, failure to hire the right people, uh, you know, or the right people that would drive, you know, the transformation that the organisation deserves. So, it, it's... It could be that, it could be culture, you know, uh, it could be uh, they just want to maintain the way they work. They don't want to welcome digital transformation. They are not open-minded to it. You know, everyone just want to get used to what they are. Like Nev said earlier, you know, the fear of the unknown, you know, could, could be an issue as well. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, failing to hire the right people, the appropriate people, they might be the right people for the organization, but not the right people to, to drive that 
transformation that that organization would deserve and another thing could be you know a form of a, a technology trap you know maybe they are what they are used to and they feel implementing a new technology you know it's it's going to cost a lot of money or it's it's going to you know take them out of their should i say uh, uh, used or familiar process so it, it's it could be that as well and and also in some organizations that have digital transformation uh, I believe lack of continuity is also uh, a problem. You know, maybe they have it, but the ability to maintain it, you know, where it it makes it to fail. So it's I believe if if we have that ability to you know make you know to welcome more technology upon the one we have already, and also to to allow change to come in at any time, as far as everyone is happy with it, you know, it's being made clear. I believe you know it, it's definitely it could make an environment where digital transformation will not you know, be able to fail. That's my own opinion, though. <laughs> Thanks, Kalichi. Neil, do you want to go next on this one? Yeah, um, it's probably to go over with what Kalichi said. I do think most of the time, and it's not Chris and Mother, it fails with the people because it's always going to fail with the people. Isn't it? The technology doesn't often go wrong. Um, most of the time, it's the people. And it's not the people's fault. Sometimes it's the digital people. Haven't We haven't educated people properly. We haven't engaged people. Um, very honest, we haven't taken them on that journey with us. What we've done is we've said, we're rocking up, we're dropping this, and then we're going to leave. Um, I think that's where a lot of digital transmission goes wrong because we do it to the people rather than with the people. Um, and as soon as we start, as soon as you start, I can say, right, this is, this is what you're going to do, guys, uh, by hook or by crook. I think that's where we ultimately lose people and where you start getting closed doors rather than open um, so I think that's where many will fail I also think the bit to highlight for me is digital can fail and it's not always that that's the end um, we've got really really tied up in as soon as something fails that's it it's done um, it's like the MP fit project it's just it'll be a terrible disaster actually things sometimes have to fail to then succeed later we have to have that learning and I think we've all become really a bit risk averse. I think COVID sort of highlighted to us over the past two years. We can fail at some bits. We can come, we can fail. And do you know what? We'll not be culpable next time. We'll do something different and we'll get a better outcome. Um, and I think that's kind of a healthy mindset that we've had. And as we get further past the height of the pandemic now, I think we're starting to lose a little bit of that as well. We're accepting that our failure is a really bad thing. Um, because we're failed. Once we failed, once we'll never get that second bite of the apple. Um, so I think that's a bit for me around why we fail. We're so afraid to fail, but sometimes failing is fine because you might get to go again and we'll get it right the second time because we'll learn. Um, that's a big bit for me. Thanks, Neil. Nev, we'll come around to you now. Yeah, yeah, no, I think a lot of what Neil said made a lot of sense. I mean, I think we've all been involved in projects where we've got some great digital kit into a hospital and then three months later you wander in and it's sitting on a shelf still in its, in its wrapper. Uh, nobody's using it and that doesn't work and that's partly because it's as Neil said that done to not done with approach and, you know we've we've lobbed this kit over the fence that you get on with it uh, that definitely doesn't work and that definitely sort of aggravates and alienates you uh, aggravates people and alienates you from them so it's hard to do the next one I think one of the other things that I'd like to to build on and I think Neil touched on this as well is like if you put some new stuff in, you got to measure the impact of it. you got to be able to reflect back to the organization, whether it's worked or not. And it doesn't necessarily have to have worked, you know, to 100 percent of what we said it, or thought it would. But if it's 90 percent of the way there and it's better than what was there before, then you, you, you've got an opportunity then to people to buy into the success uh, and then everybody succeeds. And, you know, success has many fathers uh, and uh, that's that's a, that's a good ethos to build on when we're doing the evaluations. And and again, if you do evaluate something and it's not working, it's perfectly OK to turn it off. It's not a failure. I mean, and that, that, that language sometimes can be quite, you know, wrong, I think, because what we want to do is encourage people to try these things, to evaluate them properly 
And if they work, put the foot down and do more. But if it doesn't work, take the lessons, take the learning and move on to the next thing. And maybe it's maybe we haven't ruled it out properly. Maybe we haven't, you know, it's not the right people using it. We've picked the wrong patient group to apply it to. But if we don't do the learning, if we don't measure the impact, then we never learn. And, and I, think, I think to our credit, we're getting better at evaluation. I think it's my my you know, I have a feeling that that's the, the case. It's not always the case, but I certainly think there's much more pressure on that sort of measure the impact, and quite rightly, but we mustn't get tied up, as Neil says as well, and become risk averse because we don't want to do the measuring for fear of what it might tell us. I think, you know, a really good project has that evaluation, a really good rollout has that evaluation built in, and it's not just measured once at the end of 12 months. We keep an eye on it at 18 months and 24 months, and we keep making sure we're still getting the benefits. If we do that, then I think, you know, again, you reward people for success because, you know, it's difficult to do the change. But look, it's worked. Haven't we all done well is a really good message for the next thing that you want to do with it. Thanks, Nev. I mean, it sounds like quite a like a cultural thing. I mean, I think it all comes like I think you touched upon it quite a few times now. It, it all comes down to kind of people, really, doesn't it? You know, convincing them, bringing them on the journey that, you know, you're you're going on. So yeah, people people want to do things well, and but they want to know that it's worked, don't they? Yeah. Uh, because if if Neil can demonstrate to them, look, we tried this, it was tricky, but it's working and we're better at this now. It'll be much easier to have the next conversation for the next challenge. Uh, and that's when people start to get bought in and you have that team approach, you know, that starts to really make a difference, I, I think, on the ground. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, thanks, Nev. Um, we'll, we'll move on to the fourth question then. Um, so this was digital transformation at scale, how to adapt or how to adopt. So, Kalichi, we'll come round to you first on this one. He's on mute. Kalichi, you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> for this question, I haven't got really much I need to say, but I, I think for how to adapt, uh, I believe we need to start, you know, from something that people are good at, uh, uh, you know, not throwing, you know, something that is going to throw people off balance. If If you start implementing technologies that people are really good at uh, or you know that people what you have already you know it's it's not going to be a difficult migration to a new technology uh, i believe it's it will help digital transformation to adapt uh, in terms of adoption uh, i haven't got much to say about uh, adopting it but yeah that's that's my own uh, you know in terms of how it can be adapted mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, Kalichi. Um, Neil, we'll come around to you now on this one. Yeah, I think to adapt to adopt it, it's that for me, it's about breaking it down, to be honest. I think digital transformation at sheer scale, having mm -hmm. been involved in EPR projects over like multiple trusts, the sheer scale can be almost petrifying. Um, and you do get completely bogged down with the size of it, whereas actually, if it's that you don't eat an elephant do you you one one bite at a time it's that for me i think if you can adapt to that way of thinking and you can say right then this is the bit we're doing then we move on i think the adoption of that then people don't see it as massive change they see it as a section of smaller changes and that ultimately means that people can accept digital transformation uh, at pace because it's not masses it's smaller sections broken down for them I think that's the only way we really can do it. Um, we have working trusts where you have that big bang moment for the EPR and it is a massive sudden. They don't know how to adapt to be able to adopt it because everything's come at them so quickly. Um, there's massive benefits for doing it like that, but also it's, we can break it down and say, well, we're still going to do that approach, but we're going to break it down and be really clear about how we're going to do it. Then it makes that adoption process much easier, I think. Thanks, Neil. Nev, you were nodding along again there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is one that's, I mean, I, I feel quite passionately about it as well. So I, I think this is a sort of 
No two, no two rollouts of the same digital technology are the same in any two organisations. Uh, that's just not how the world works. Because for a start, everybody's got slightly different job titles. So, but you really have to understand. I think if you're if you're bringing a digital innovation into a, an NHS organisation, you have to understand how to adapt it to that particular organisation's needs. And I think you you need to know where the, where the flex points are in your own product and uh, and and how to drive it into use. Uh, because if you don't, if you're too rigid and you say, well, we, we absolutely need a digital director of commercial digital innovation to sign this off and your organization doesn't have one, then you're in a, you're, you're in a sticky place, aren't you? But you need to know what that role does and be able to find someone in an organization to fulfill that role on a form if it needs signed. So I think for me, the, the adapt to adopt is really, really important as much for the innovators, the digital innovators as for the organizations. Uh, and I think if you come to a new organization with a new digital product tool or innovation that you want adopted, you've got to be flexible. You've got to work with the people that are in front of you and the system that's there. You can't change it all just to fit your product. Your product's got to fit to that system and that pathway. And I think if, you, if you're if you not able to adapt your product, you're not going to get it adopted at scale. So I think understanding those boundaries, how far you can bend and how, you know, and, and how far you can't you know, beyond which, you know, it, it isn't going to work is really, really important. And I think that's kind of what, what, what I'm, when I talk about adapt to adopt, it's often directed at innovators uh, because the NHS organizations are generally pretty flexible. <laughs> they, you know, if they think they want to do it and it's good, that, you know, they can contort themselves quite well to bring things in. But it's really important that the, the people who own the product really understand that and work with them to get the maximum return for the product to go in. Because if you bend it too far, you don't get the returns that you need because you're using it in slightly the wrong population or you're using it at the wrong point in the pathway and then the benefits don't accrue. So it's really important to know where you can bend and also where you can't. Uh, but that really, really understanding implementation. So what you would learn working with Neil on the front line, you know, driving adoption at that place, you can take that and, and use that when you go to your new customer, but you will have to adapt it slightly because you won't have Neil there. You might have someone who's a bit like him. But maybe not quite as good, uh, and that could be, you know, that could be a struggle. <laughs> but you still need to go through that process to drive the adoption into the organisation. So I think being being flexible, being ready to ad adapt, will really help companies drive their innovations into practice. Thanks, Nev. Has anybody got else got any extra thoughts on on that before we move on? I'd probably just say about that. I think you can you can genuinely tell when you get suppliers sat down with you who you know they've either built that product with an NHS organization or they've built that with somebody who used to be a nurse or they used to be a clinician you can always tell because it's that the pitch is there the product's right they've come to I, I, I was an FI1 at one point I sat down on one you can just tell that they've had that pain point they've had that that light bulb yeah. moment decided this is what I'm going to do um you, you just can genuinely tell when those companies come to you because they understand it but they also understand that the system has to flex and bend yeah, uh, and it's a really key thing, especially with no NHS organisation is the same. Um, we probably should be more in line and have better synergies, but we don't. Mm -hmm. um, all our starting points are different from a digital perspective. Um, but yeah, just to agree with that. Yeah, uh, another thing that I just wanted to add is uh, in terms of the adoption as well. I believe uh, uh, which before we are, you know, adopt. Uh, I believe in in the NHS, which I believe NHS is very good at, and I've seen in its proper training. I believe. If there's a, if we can invest more in training and also support, you know, it it will be a good, uh, 
you know, way to adopt digital transformation. Yeah. Training for me played a very key role. Thanks, Kalichi. Okay, so we're going to move on to the final question now. Um, so this was, how often does digital and operations interact su- successfully? So, Nev, we're going to come around to you first on this one, if that's okay. Gosh, well, I don't work in the front line, so I don't know. I don't work in an NHS organisation, so that's a really hard <laughs> one to answer. But you'll be unsurprised to know that I have an opinion. Uh, and I, <laughs> I suspect it's probably a marker of success, those sorts of interactions. Uh, to my mind, that gets to, it gets to the root of the challenge, isn't it? If you can get those relationships at that point working really, really well, then you've got a chance of things working and going well. And I think that's that, that I guess, is kind of the tenet that's running through all our conversations today. It's about building good relationships with the right people at the right time, all the way through the organisation, and and this is no different, I think. So, to me, it would it, I would I would imagine that my two colleagues in the NHS are going to tell me that I'm right, and this is the key to success. <laughs> Thanks, Nev. Um, Neil, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I must admit, I have to agree with Nev. Um, <laughs> it, 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 and it's been a it's been a bit of a, like a golden thread running through all the questions. Really, I think yeah. we all get the. It has to be now. Digital and ops have to work together, and it's very similarly. We have this question focus, I suppose, on the digital and operation bit. I suppose for me, it's that bit around. It's involving those those digital roles that sit within the clinical and nursing worlds. It is your CCIOs, your CNIOs. Those are the people that really, for people who work in an ops world, who work in a digital world, might not know the nursing. They might not know the clinical. And those people really can open the doors, and it's the insights that they can give you as well. Um, I don't think a lot of organisations do get that 100% well. I think we've got some cracking, all those disciplines are going there, whether it's a CNIO, a CCIO, a CIO. We've got some really good ones in the NHS um, and it'd be just good to see more of them and some more established, like, like not board up positions, but it's a bit around having the more established in organisations. I think digital transformation is easy when you have those roles well established. Thank you, Neil. Kalichi, we'll come round to you on this. What's your thoughts? Oh, I haven't got anything to say on this, please. No worries. Okay. All right. Well, I think I think that's everything. Unless anybody else has anything they want to discuss or add, or any further questions. Well, I think there's there's one other thing I'd like to throw in at the end as well. And I think there's something about that Neil's talked about and Kalichi talked about about doing it in their organisation and having those key interactions and those key roles that are. I think you know I think we all agree that that's really really important. I think increasingly as the health system matures and integrated care systems mature uh, and we go live in July, integrated care boards. Are going to be driving some of these system transformations at scale as well. So I think there's an increasing appreciation of the need to work not just within an organisation from board to ward, but at system level, right from the sort of the, the you know the top of the system where the, all of the chief execs are in the same room talking about their systematic problems in their you know in the region. And, and I think it's the same principle as well. Digital's got to be at that table, and I think in good ICSs it will be. And I think that will bleed through the system and really help and support individual organisations drive digital transformation that really has an impact, not just in their organisation, but across an entire population and across entire pathways, you know, because it doesn't stop when you leave secondary care and go into primary care or community care or mental health. And I think I think the tenet of today's conversation is about relationships and embedding digital properly in all parts of the system uh, so that it's it's part of the day job. And I think there's an increasing appreciation of that actually at, at system level now with the you know the, the arrival of the ICS is in July. So I think that's a really good I think thing to think about as we look to the future about how we do more of this stuff at scale because the opportunity for people to work at those different scales is going to be really really interesting. So how do we take and bottle what Neil and Kalichi do and and, and, and aggregate that up at scale in a system? Uh, because Calderdale won't want to let them go. 
you know. Uh, but actually, there's a system need for some of this stuff to happen. So how do we think about that and that challenge? I think that's maybe a subject for another podcast, but I think we, we, we're getting to that on, on this call today. I'd definitely come to that podcast now. Yeah, you can for the next one next time over now. <laughs> Signed you up already. <laughs> Perfect. All your- right. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for that, Never. It was a nice way to kind of, I think, round up the podcast. Um, but before I let you go, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for you all for giving up your time to get involved. Um, I've done a few digital transformation podcasts, but I think like like you've all pretty much said, you know, towards the end, I think the key theme on this one's really been kind of like people, relationships, mm-hmm. culture. Um, so I think yeah. it's been really interesting for me to kind of listen to that different perspective. Um, so again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed it as well.